Welcome back. My name is Tommy McCarthy. We are Cyber News Global, and this is Let's Talk Cyber. And today I'm delighted to welcome Nicola Husky mm -hmm. from my Confidential. Hello, Nicola. Hello. And before Nicholas tells us a little bit about self, um, I'm just going to give you the subject matter for today's podcast, which is all about overcoming recruitment barriers in cybersecurity. Nicola uh, is responsible for running that element of our Confidential's uh, business unit. So before we get into that, I'll just ask Nicola to give us a little brief background about who you are, Nicola, where you've been and what you do now. Over to you. Perfect. Thank you so much for having me. I'm Nicola Husky. I'm Chief Commercial Officer for iConfidential. And I also head up the talent acquisition team for us as well. I've been working in the space for around 18 years or so, um, predominantly in the sort of HR recruitment and then moved up into the more sales commercial aspect of it. Um, background in IT, oil and gas, all very technical industries I'm used to. Um, worked globally with international companies, helped a lot of organisations develop their in-house capability in terms of recruitment. Um, but as I say, I moved into a commercial sales account management focused role. Um, I've been in iConfidential nine years um, and really it's working with new and existing clients, driving their recruitment strategies with them alongside offering the services that we also um, give to our clients. So just to tell you who iConfidential are, we're a cybersecurity and risk consultancy. Um, so that means, you know, whether they have an outcome that they want to get to um, and a problem that needs addressed, we'll either have the right delivery team to overcome that or they might need to enhance their own existing team, in which case we have got a talent acquisition function that can address that as well. Wonderful, Nicola. It's great to see that you've clearly had quite a diverse background, uh, especially in HR and recruitment and that little bit of tech from them as well. So you've probably given yourself quite a, a useful element of knowledge and understanding about what you're looking for when you're looking to recruit the right person for the right job. Yeah. And if we're to look at the statistics right now, um, there's probably about 5 million jobs currently available globally that, that are not being fulfilled in this in, in the cyber industry. And with the advent of all these new technologies that are being brought on, I can only see that need increasing. So, you know, expert organizations like yourself are, are, are no doubt going to be, you know, really required to support organizations, find the right people. One of the things that obviously came up to me was um, understanding a little bit more about the cybersecurity industry um, and what are the key challenges for organizations and job seekers as you see it? What are the challenges right now? Well, one of the big uh, issues that you'll hear in the, the media and the press the most is the cyber skills gap, which is it's a huge problem and there's lots of great initiatives to try and improve that. Um, one of the most important things is the awareness of it. So I think we've done really well um, to improve the awareness of that. And obviously there's so much, there's such a long journey to go. But that's that's a huge problem for the industry. Um, alongside that, there's actually quite a lot of other problems, such as budget constraints these organisations face. So we work with some of the biggest financial organisations in the world, and they have an endless need of, of skilled resources, but they can't actually get them in because they don't have the money. So when you speak to the stakeholders and organisations, you know they're, they're trying to bring in these resources and personnel, but actually they can't due to other reasons there's lots of other you know economic factors that, that come into that as well so it's really you know recruiting the correct candidates is, is more important than ever 
but it's it's finding the right candidate and actually being able to recruit them is actually quite hard. Yeah, good. And, and what mistakes would you say that organisations <laughs> must avoid from making then, Nicola, in that process? Um, well, one, one, there are a few actually. Um, so location. Um, a lot of a lot of companies now are getting focused on where do we want this person to be based? Um, they're they're looking at low cost countries, which is fine. And that plays a big part in some of you know cybersecurity is such a huge industry that there is it's you know it makes sense for them to offshore certain parts of the the process uh, or their team, but it's actually preventing a lot of the UK market finding jobs because those organisations have such a strict remit that they must recruit them offshore, offshore or in certain parts of the world first. Um, so that's, you know, not great for the UK market when there is skilled resources and they can't actually, you know, get into those organisations anyway. So that's that's one of them. Um, another one is looking at the inclusivity as well. So there might be just, you know, pitfalls that organizations fall into where they're not attracting the right talent for their team um you know there's there's different traits that different cultural or gender groups will bring to to a role so for example females you know typically are better at the leaderships their their communications generally better their teamwork and there's just different traits that a female will bring um and it's not to say the males don't have any skills either um, it's just you know different behaviors can sometimes be better for different roles and it's not just about you know they have to have x y and z on their cv and that means they can do the role really well it's just it's that more awareness of what else does that role that role need um but you need to know how to attract them some of those groups might be discouraged from applying for a role if it's not described in the way that they feel they can do it for example a female will not apply to a role if she can't do most of it um it's a bit of an embarrassment factor so just have an awareness of that um and also just looking at the sort of transferable skills that are available in it um, and understanding how a, that skill can actually be transferred into a cyber role it's not a specific technical area that they need to know it's just skills that can overlap yeah it's a massive minefield when 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 I hadn't really appreciated the issues in relation to recruiting the right candidate, but just listening to you for less than 10 minutes, it makes you realize just how much of a challenging um, job it is to to find the right candidates to make sure that you're fulfilling your obligations for your customers so that you do get the right candidate first time around. But what about the job seekers? Let's put this into the perspective of the job seekers, which undoubtedly uh, is such a competitive market. What, what, um, how, how can they stand out? What would you suggest a job seeker needs to do to make sure that they're standing out from the crowd? I think what's always really useful is to, from a job seeker, is to almost put yourself in the position of different players. So think about a recruiter. Um, and I think it's really important for a, for a candidate to know how does a recruiter recruit? And that's something that I, I tend to spend a lot of time with candidates and people just advocating. Ed- educating them on what what does that recruiter typically do, and then what can you do as a job seeker to stand out there for? Um, so, obviously, the basics: your CV. Your CV needs to look good. Now, I'd say the CV is less used now than what it used to be, but you still need to make sure the CV's got all the, the keywords you want to have, the soft skills um, that you have, because bearing in mind these CVs are getting used by AI tools. Um, mm. So. 
apply for a role that you think you're perfect for and all of a sudden you don't get a call back or you get a rejection email you think why it's because that system that the recruiters use and has decided that you're not in the top 75 percent of the applicants the recruiter doesn't even need to look at your cv if they've got that many applications they won't even need to look at them because they've got 25 percent who have ranked really high and those are the ones they'll concentrate on so just little things like that. Well, how do I overcome that? How do I stop that? So I guess make, really making sure your CV is tailored to the role you're applying for. Um, but being a little bit more proactive is having a, a good LinkedIn presence. All organisations, whether whether it's a consultancy, a recruitment agency or an in-house organisation, they will use LinkedIn for different purposes. So making sure your profile is there, it's visible. You put enough content on there that, that's interesting. Doing a little bit of networking, you know, commenting on things and just having that presence and um, so being really proactive as you can um is important um and then also you know any events you can attend in terms of networking getting to speak to people understanding the challenges and just really getting those introductions are really key um because i mean even linkedin if you if we go back to linkedin it's it's interesting to see how people use it and you don't even really need to apply to jobs anymore. All you need to do is change your status now to say that you're open to work. And all of a sudden you see, oh, and it's, it's so nice to see, but your whole network helps you effectively secure your next role. People will share the status. They'll suggest jobs to you, um, which is really good. It's a nice community, a nice community feel. And also what's important to know is if, if you are looking for a role and you're a recruiter, you will search only on the people who are open to work initially. So just things like that. And if you are looking, you know, making sure your status is correct, because at the end of the day, you have to think the recruitment person who's looking to fill a job will, will go to the fastest method that they can. Obviously, they want to, to find the right candidate, but they'll, they'll use tools to help them get there quicker. So the more you can do to make yourself more available to them, will stand you in a better chance and yeah. then one of the things I talk about quite a lot is is communication with um whether it be a, like I say a recruitment agency consultancy or, or an organization is just really being mindful of the way that you talk to people and how you come across and being as interactive as you can because you have to be memorable um lots of jobs are not even advertised because they don't need to be advertised because that company might already have a pool of credible candidates that they think are excellent they get on really well with so they don't need to advertise it interesting nicola you said something there that everybody seems to be in, in the spin about and that's ai the use of ai when looking for people mm -hmm. which i didn't even think about because generally i thought when it comes to looking to find a candidate to fulfill a role organizations like yours or bigger organizations like the client for instance would ultimately go through the, the conventional process of in touch with a recruitment company or an outsourced placement company to find candidates on their behalf. So using AI <clears throat> probably cuts back on man hours and makes the job search more efficient. But I guess from my perspective, it'd be really interesting to understand what exactly can I confidential do to help in relation to finding the right candidate for a specific role? Well, what we do is we look at the people's strategy and that's something that we always say to organisations when we're giving them any advice is to look at their own. Everyone's got a people strategy or should have. Um, what you really need to do is work with a company who matches your own people strategy. Um, it's not just a case of, you know, 
we do have to send RFPs out and tender requests and, and have a PSL, but just make sure the organisations that you're working with match your culture, your your values. And that's what we do. We, tr we try to really understand our organisation as, as the first step. Also, the industry knowledge is, is huge. So again, it's something we've invested in quite heavily. You know, for instance, all of my talent acquisition team are accredited by cybersecurity. So if they wanted, they could all go off and start becoming a security analyst in some form at a junior level. That's not what they want to do. But what we wanted to make sure is that they understood the subject to a level they could have a credible conversation with a candidate or a hiring manager. They know things to listen out for, what good sounds like. Um, so even that in itself just takes a little bit of the pain away for clients. So when we're recruiting for them, we can almost screen them to a level that's quite useful and also assess the behavioural and interpersonal skills as well. I guess the biggest challenge that most new starters in this industry are going to face is the experience, the work experience of being able to actually, they've got the credentials, they've got the, mm -hmm. the degrees, you know, they're fired up, they want to get out there and make a difference, but it's getting that opportunity. Is there anything you can share with us in relation to what iConfidential's possibly done to support somebody coming through that journey or coming on that journey or somebody that's probably transferred their skills from a completely diff different discipline? Have you got an example you'd like to yeah. share with us? Yeah, there's a, I guess there's a couple of slants to that. So the university side and the college side, so we do a lot of work like yourself is just educating them and upskilling them, not just the the students, but the teachers and the parents. So there's three categories that you need to educate, um, which again is the awareness side of it. Um, one of the sort of huge things we're trying to overcome is well, what is cybersecurity? Is it is it just people sitting in black hoodies in a dark room with five screens in front of them? And it's actually quite frightening um, yeah. when you speak to adults and really ask them what it is or what they think it is. So that we do a lot of work just to try and break it down and really just make people understand. We offer internships ourselves, but also we, we partner with banks to offer internships as well to get them that experience. Um, and in terms of the transferring people into cyber, uh, we've had some really good successes with that. And again, that's just us doing a little bit more in the market to try and really talk to people. So we had a, a sort of situation last year where we what we do, what we like to do is we offer sort of free sessions with any of our talent team, have a coffee, let's talk about any challenges you're facing, any market information you want, any advice we can give. Um, so we did that last year and we did, I was introduced to a lady who had an excellent background in IT, um, no cyber experience, but really impressive career, um, really good organisations, you know, big financial institutions, as well as other sectors. And she just couldn't get into cyber. So it was interesting listening to her telling me all her problems and obstacles that she faced. And, and most of them were at the stage of applying to a role where an AI tool probably said no. Um, so then she started thinking, okay, I need to take it a step further. She was joining groups. She was doing everything I'm telling you to do, networking events. She then also um, got herself a couple of mentors in big organizations who helped her and you know fed her information. But whilst that was really good, you know, they're a buyer in an organization who only really know that organization, whereas the minute she then talked to iConfidential and then understood, you know, we cover a variety of organisations, industries, and can really get to know the skills that she's got and how how we can use them. Um, 
you know, we just we didn't make a promise to say, look, we'll keep you in mind, we'll give you advice, we helped with our CV, our LinkedIn, connected her to some people, but the right opportunity came up in our eyes for her with one of our clients. And the interesting thing is when we put her CV to the client, they didn't want to interview her against the other candidates that we put in. And when I, I had a vested interest in this particular case that I asked the talent acquisition team to go back to the client who we know really well. And this is what I mean by having this partnership with an organisation who trusts you. Said to the hiring manager, look, I know you've not interviewed this person, but can you just interview them? We're asking you to interview her. I'm not saying she's right for the job 100%, but even just to give her that experience of the interview. And actually, I think there's a lot of skills there you'll be interested in. So to cut a long story short, the interview happened. Amazing. She's a superstar. We want more of her. And if I could breed her, I would. Because <laughs> that's how amazing she now is. And she's now moved on to another organization in cyber. And it's just her career has just, you know, took off. And all it was was just that interaction with the right person who can almost just connect the dots for them. And it's quite, there's so many people like that in the market, which is a shame. It's just, it's just around communicating and talking to the right people. Well, Nicola, that sounds amazing because obviously this is, you're absolutely right. This is a space that's all about, uh, about personalities, about relationships. And the fact that you knew that particular individual and the capability they had is reflected in the results that you've just got. Although I'm not entirely sure about going into the breeding industry or cloning people <laughs> to expand your your ability as an organisation, but it's a great example of relationships of, of what's important for both the recruiter, the prospective employee, and mm. obviously the organisation that, you, that you're representing. So hats off to White Confidential for that one because clearly you knew this individual had something to offer. So looking to round this one up, because I know that we could talk all day. Um, <laughs> do you have any final words uh, or advice for our listeners? Because it's really important. There'll be a lot of people out there listening about the job, you know, what opportunities are available to me? What do I need to do to get into a role? You know, I've got the credentials. I just don't have the experience. Do you have any words of advice to cap this one for me? Yeah, I think I think in terms of the, the job seekers and the candidates is don't be afraid to put yourself out there. It's a, I think it's a bit of a, well, maybe more a British thing where we're quite reserved and we don't want to say anything too outspoken. But, you know, don't be afraid to reach out to people who you don't know and ask them for their help. Because actually nine times out of 10, they're more than happy to do it. They're just busy in their own roles and don't really think about it. So I would say connect as many people as you can. Ask them for their help or advice. Ask them for a five minute coffee chat because that will be invaluable to them. Um, and in terms of you know the people who are in these organisations and consultancies, it's almost just be mindful of the knowledge that you're sitting on and how you can use that to help other people as well. Um, even just in terms of not just professionally on LinkedIn or at networking events, even your own circle of friends, your family, your social groups, is just do what you can to try and educate everyone on what cybersecurity is as well um, because I think there's a lot of education that needs to happen there. Nicola, great words of advice. Uh, I wish I'd have paid attention a bit more about 35, 40 years ago. <laughs> Who knows where I've been right now, especially especially the fact that cyber wasn't even a thing 45, yeah. 50 years ago. <laughs> Nicola, it's been a real pleasure speaking to you. I can't begin to tell you how valuable I've found this little input. 
And if anyone at all, any of our listeners are keen to know more about what I Confidential can do, you'll see Nicola's email appearing shortly at the end of this podcast. If you like what you've seen today, please remember to give us a thumbs up and please do follow the channel. It's on YouTube. We're on every single uh, podcast channel there is. You'll be hearing a lot more about iConfidential, I'm sure, about it. Nicola, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you for having me.